Welcome back to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. This is your host, Bill Reno. We're kicking back up the podcast this year. We we did it a couple years ago, and to be honest, wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, I loved whenever we had guests on there. That was great. But I just wasn't a big fan of just me talking about goalkeeping. Uh, so this year, we're going to keep going with guests. Uh, it's kind of a win-win scenario. I get to talk less. You get to hear from our goalkeepers. So wins on both sides there. This week we have Stan Anderson. Uh, Stan has been described by some as the godfather of goalkeeping in the Midwest, which I think when you hear from today, you'll, you'll get a good sense of that. We we discuss uh, kind of development in that college age and what goes on with goalkeepers between kind of 18 and 22, uh, specifically in college programs, but we kind of dip in and out of it a little bit. Um, but we talk about the development for uh, college goalkeepers this week. tweak their handshape you know it's that's a, a lot on there and so all to say all to say a lot of positive stuff it's uh but uh we're you know it's good work that we're doing so i'm uh i'm excited for it so fantastic yeah. a boy <laughs> so thank you thank you um well let's go let's go ahead and jump into it because I, I i've been thinking about this for a little bit um yeah. but so uh, I think the, the age range from 18 to 22 is uh, a really fascinating age for goalkeepers specifically. I, I think under 18, you know, it's kind of like, it, it's really hard to pin anyone's ceiling down, it, 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 at least from what I've seen of how good are you going to be while, like at 16, 17? Like, who, I mean, who knows? There's so much, you know, you're a sophomore in high school. There's so much going on. Um, right. And once you finally graduate, I feel like, Things you still got a lot of you know you're not set to one path, but things start to narrow down pretty quickly those next four years, whether you're in college or whatever you're doing. So, um, I guess I'm curious on your end, uh, what are teams and coaches looking for in that kind of age range? Whether it's an incoming freshman, whether it's a recently graduated senior, uh, whether it's you know someone that's gone signed a you know a contract with a club team somewhere. Uh, what are teams looking for, and is that correct on their end? Because um, I feel like some, sometimes they're looking for certain things, but it's not quite what they should be looking for. Yeah. So we're talking about for a for a college team, correct? For and and we're talking about a high level college team. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's narrow it down a little bit. Yeah. So let's stick with college here. Okay. So at least for me. When I was out on the on the recruiting trail and looking for you know that guy, if you will, um, and fortunately, I was able to come across some of them. There were various things that that were really really important, and there really isn't one or two. Um, I'm not a guy that says you have to be six four. Uh, I've had in the five foot range and I've had six, seven and Brad Swimby. So <laughs> it's not really that per se. It is a lot of things. It is a, a, a marriage. It's a, it's a dating relationship that leads to a marriage. And I think that's important when you're, you're able to communicate back and forth and you're showing an interest level in return and you're actually recruiting somebody as opposed to responding so when you go see somebody or and, and you're just, maybe you're prospecting, I think what you're looking for is certainly somebody that has a, a larger than life personality. They're, they look like they're in control in the back and not quiet and 
I can't stand a quiet goalkeeper. Um, I, I, I will just walk away. It is you, you just you'll struggle to be successful at excuse me at any level in the in a high level soccer game if you're a quiet goalkeeper. So organization is big. Um, range of uh, ex- range extension should just leave it at that. Range extension is big. So the ability to cut out plays, the ability to play out of the back and you know, whether you call that modern day, whatever you want to call it, just at the end of the day to be comfortable to read the game and snuff out opportunities that, that your opponent is trying to develop. That's big. Then past that, the, the physical realm of a goalkeeper is um, it's important, you know, but you've you've got very, very successful goalkeepers in the college game. They're long they're long and lanky. Eric Klonowski, who just finished. Mm-hmm. You've got guys that are a bit more stocky. Wouldn't say Zach Steffen is is long and lanky. Right. Um, you know, Kevin Hartman was quite successful, uh, and and he wouldn't be your 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 prototypical you know six four long and lanky Vander Sarish type of, of guy. Um, so you know, there's anybody can can be successful in this position. And I think when you're looking at a high school kid. You have to understand, I believe you have to understand, that a lot is going to change. You know, my own son, I think, went into college in the 5'9"-ish, 5'10", maybe, somewhere around there. A 6'1", now, on the verge of 6'2", and, you know, that's mostly happened in college. Um, You know, a little bit maybe just after high school finished, but uh, not, you know, certainly not in high school. So... You know, experience helps you look at somebody's frame and say, okay, he's going to be able to put a little bit on and become more durable. Great, that helps. Um, so, you know, it's a long-winded answer, but there's 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 plenty to the psyche, plenty to the relationship development, because a lot of, a lot of people can make the save. It's now how can you prevent having to make the save, and are you going to trust that person in goal for you. And I, I think those things are important. Tell, tell me this, because I, I feel like I, I've noticed a pretty high correlation with um, kind of those lists of, you know, being involved in the game, even from a, a vocal standpoint, um, the kind of work ethic to kind of make that extended save, um, even kind of more scrambling stuff. I, I feel like the things I've seen notice, or I've noticed the most, is that typically, typically comes from more of a blue-collar goalkeeper, um, whether even the, if they've had the training as much as they should have or not, I feel like when you get those kids that, you know, they, they've practiced on dirt fields or, you know, awful turf, um, and they've really had to work through, you know, kind of more hurdles than more of a white collar kid has. I feel like those, those goalkeepers end up pushing themselves a little bit further just because they don't put a ceiling on themselves. And I feel like Kids like are a little more pampered and, and come from maybe a lot of money, but you know, and they're on really good teams or you know, they're traveling everywhere. Um, but I feel like they have a really hard time kind of putting in that that next step to really elevate their games. And, I, and Wisconsin, um, I feel like that's a you know classic blue collar state there. So is is that something you, you've noticed as well? To a degree, I I would honestly say that's more of a roll of the dice. Um, because I've, I've seen the cross-section of uh, affluence and, and maybe, um, <coughs> excuse me, simply 
not having, you know, that level of, of affluence. So, and, and I've seen both be successful. I've seen both not be successful. Um, you know, that, that drive, you know, you, you do have people up here that are as blue collar as they come in Wisconsin, uh, literally working on farms that, that are, you know, also interested in playing soccer and what have you and, and doing it at a pretty good level. Um, you know, and down in Illinois, uh, you're in the Chicago area, third third largest market in the world, at, at least in the states, uh, I should say. And you have guys down there that are that are busting their tail, uh, but you certainly do see some guys that you know out of that uh, cross section that you know maybe their interest level is a little less in 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 the fight, in the drive, in the desire, in the passion. So you know, I can see what you're saying, but I. I'd say it's probably a roll of the dice, in my opinion. Hmm. What What would you say as far as like just more of a mental uh, uh, angle, as far as not less background, but like what what's something going on mentally for that that goalkeeper that um, gives them a chance to move on to the next level after college? Yeah, I think um, you know something that I wasn't very good at. I'm still not very good at. And I, I recognize it, but it, it's no excuse. I just, I'm not good at it. I'm not a good at being told no. I wasn't great at receiving coaching. Hmm. Um, and I think the player that is, the player that is is able to receive coaching better and the player that's able to, to perhaps take no and still have drive, uh, th- you know, that player is going gonna, is gonna to go further. Um, not just because they're they're not gonna take no, but they just they're, they're gonna fight and fight and fight, and you know, that player is gonna be successful and prove people wrong and and not just say well screw it you know and walk away. Um, they're gonna prove people wrong, and I think that's something that that is um, a separator: the ability to to receive no and the ability to uh, to to take criticism and coaching. Uh, at a at a good level. If you could go back in time and tell a younger Stan Anderson something, what would you what would you tell him? I, I'd tell him to to get rid of the attitude, um, get rid of the thinking you know everything. Uh, listen to the people that are trying to help you at a at a you know at a better level. I I listened, but I didn't listen well enough. I see people that I coach today that are much much better at at um, at taking the game than I was at taking the game. Uh, so we're receiving the game and instruction. And, you know, so I, I would apologize to guys like Rick Kelps, my college coach, uh, you know, for being, and I did, I, I made the senior bowl and I was a punk making the senior bowl and everything. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I apologized to him, you know, way back then. So this would be a double apology, but I, uh, Alex Mahalovich, uh, who's a kid, George, he's playing for the fire now. And I, I coached his son, Georgie, and we came full circle. Um, but I was a punk uh, back then as well. So for me, it would be it would be that. I would tell a, a young Stan Anderson to you know, shut the hell up and uh, <laughs> listen to people and, and be uh, be wiser in your approach. And you don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I imagine you'd listen to that, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, when we talk about a, a goalkeeper developing in college, um, I feel like we see a lot of 
Uh, so me personally, I feel like a goalkeeper generally comes out of college a little bit stronger than a field player. Um, yeah. And I think if you look back on the MLS drafts, like that, that shows itself that those goalkeepers are a lot more trustworthy and even a late round pick than uh, and this year we had what three, four go in the first round. Um, yeah. As opposed to, you know, a field player. Um, yeah. Or in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and for me, I, I feel like it, well, first of all, it helps to have that goalkeeper coach typically is, you know, what comes through there, those high D1 programs, even kind of a, a low D1 program, more times than not, they're going to have a, a goalkeeper coach, uh, at least offering volleys or something to work with them. Uh, right. So I, I, I see those, when there's a backup goalkeeper early on in the years, they're still getting reps, they're still getting in special, you know, specific training for them. Um, as opposed to a field player, I feel like they're kind of left on their own to some sense. You know, you don't have like a, a forwards coach. And so for, when you know, in the team I'm working with now, I feel like we see this a lot where, the backup goalkeeper, you know, we're doing a lot of tactical stuff. You know, how do you solve this situation? How do you solve this? How, you know, what do we go about it? And it's all off the ball, right? Because they're, they're goalkeepers. But, you know, field players, I feel like they're where they lean to think of, oh, how do I get on the field? Well, I need to get more fit. I need to get a better touch on the ball. It's like, well, a little bit. But then when they get out there, they, they really struggle to, you know, kind of take over and kind of just, and so while they may be more fit and have a better touch, tactically, they aren't quite there yet. So that's probably the biggest thing I've seen as far as um, how backups develop and become a starter and why goalkeepers come a little bit stronger out of college. But I'm curious on your end, um, well, one, do you, do you think goalkeepers develop better than field players in college? And then two, why or why not? Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. I think that when you go into your first year of college soccer, as a goalkeeper, there's probably, I don't know, five to ten maybe that should go in and be their number one right away. Right. Because the, the mental dynamic alone, let alone the whole speed of play, physical dynamic, everything else, but the, the mental dynamic of you know, walking in and thinking you're strong enough to tell a junior or a senior what to do, when to do it, get upset at them. Um, yell at them, praise them, you know, work the back line, you're probably just not ready. The 5 to 10 have spent time in the national team or some of the best academies around or have, have that, that international experience to be able to do it or they're coming in with a, with a high, high um, uh, reference. They're coming in with a, with a high ceiling and high reputation and, you know, it, it, it may happen. Um, but, it's pretty rare. And I, and I, 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 the same thing, I think when you finish and you get into the program, you know, the, the guys that, that have done well, I, you know, Stefan went in and, and did well. And, um, what's his name up in Toronto, uh, from, uh, Bono, I believe yeah, it is, yeah. from Syracuse. you know, he's done well. And, uh, a couple others, you know, it, it took Sean a little while in Chicago. Uh, Bushy was doing well and, and, uh, and others. So, uh, Dykstra even stepped in before him and, um, and it didn't go well for Dykstra in Chicago. So, you know, when, when you, when you look at it, it's, it's hard. It's, if you, if you're able to stay with it and be seasoned, I think you're probably going to have a longer, a longer time as a pro. And I'll get back to the development portion in, in question, but, you know, Bersano in San Jose, I think has a, 
is probably in it for the long game at this point because he's gotten a ton of games underneath him mm. um, down at the USL level, and I, I think he'll probably be the, the, the number one, number two, um, you know, depending on the day, depending on the week, whatever, in, in San Jose this year. And, you know, he's still a young guy. Um, Putin has a great upside. You know, I can talk about all those guys. But at the, at the end of the day, I think that um, a goalkeeper coming out of, out of college, if they can get themselves 40 to 60 games, they, they probably develop a little bit better uh, overall in comparison to, say, a, uh, a striker midfielder or a back. A back. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's due to the specialized coaching or the fact that, you know, you're, if you're smart enough, you're involved in the play as little as possible. And that, that's a good thing. So, you know, I think the, the less that you're involved, you might be getting more credibility. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so as you get through the college game, and in particular where you're being noticed for the next 1% jump, uh, I think that that can, that can happen. You know, Eric Dick uh, did, a, did a great job and, and was noticed quite a bit at Butler in a very, very good program. Uh, Snapey does an unbelievable job. Uh, Brew Perry, all those guys do a great job there. Butler and, and Dick came out and did a, a you know did himself well, uh, managed his approach to the combine well, and put himself in a position to be you know obviously the first goalkeeper off the board. But you know will will end up doing well, and he has an unbelievable drive. I think he developed well in college. You know, going in, knowing him as he went in, uh, to when that he was actually in, to where he is now, I think he developed really well in college. And, and I give their staff credit. I give Eric credit, uh, Matt Soika credit, uh, who, who coached him and <laughs> brought him to Butler. Those guys did a great job with Eric, and he he's a classic example of a guy who really did develop well in college. What What would you say about Eric Dick? that made him so knowing him for so long that made him so successful because for me and maybe it's just I'm a, you know poor form of my end but I don't feel like I heard really anything about him going into before his senior year and at his senior year he really made a ton of waves and rightfully so but I feel like yeah. he was kind of quiet those first three years I'm not sure when he took over the starting spot um but you know what about and, and, it, one, am I right or wrong on that? That I feel like he he was kind of quiet his first three years, but then also two, what makes him special? Yeah, he you know he grew um, in in uh, in image and in what people thought of him and reputation all throughout the four years. So I want to say he played a good three out of the four. Um, you know, and I think I'm right there. I'm not. I'm not positive, but. Uh, he physically is as imposing as can be. Mm. So that is a draw for some people, you know, uh, you know, obviously you, you look at a guy like that and if he can play and if he is agile and he does have a great mind, you know, now you're putting a lot of things together. So you, you're drawn to him because of his size, but he was able to use his size. So that, that's a great thing for, for Eric. Um, you know, how did he go about it? He's got an unbelievable drive about him. He, he has a hunger to be successful, and he's so humble. Uh, humility is, is a great trait of his. 
that he just wants and wants and wants to be better and better and better for the right reasons. And, and he, he ultimately achieved that he is, he's one of the nicest young men out there. And, um, yet he's also very imposing in, in goal. You know, and he's not the finished product. He's got plenty to do. And, you know, I don't think he's ready to step in and be a number one today in an MLS, in an MLS team, but he's, um, he has the drive to get to a level where without a doubt he could be that guy. Um, but it's hard. It's it's hard to become a, a number one as a pro, let alone in MLS, but over the world. It's hard. And um, it's it's not for the faint hearted by any means. And but I think his his mental approach is probably the biggest separation from him to anyone else. Hmm. There was one, I wish I'd, I had it on me right now. There was one double save he had that, uh, I can't remember how exactly it happened. It was a deflection. He makes the first save, I think. But I remember the second save, he's actually diving back into his goal. And I, I must have seen it played, you know, a hundred times, some, you know, somewhere here, here, there, during the draft, whatever. Um, yeah. But I, when I saw that, and I'd already locked him at that point, but when I saw that, you know, he had this, you know, going back to that drive you, you're talking about, this kind of, like, he's never out of the play. You know, the, the idea, I, I feel like we see some goalkeepers, they think, oh, I can't get that. Uh, that one's a little bit too far for me. I'm not even making an effort on it. I'm just going to watch it go in goal. And maybe it's a great goal, you know, whatever. But they still don't make that effort. But I feel like with Eric Dick, you know, just watching him play, like, he, you can never, he never looked overwhelmed. He never looked beat. You know, he, it's almost like he has no ceiling for himself. And we, I think we see the, the product from that. Uh, which is really a wonderful thing that, you know, he doesn't limit himself. He just says, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can, and we'll go from there. I think he's he's receptive to coaching. <laughs> yeah. That's one, one thing. And, and you know, that's uh, that's a huge part of it. And I think the one you're talking about might have been at Marquette where they won. And um, the guy, the second save was a, was kind of, you know, he, he dove across the face of the goal and um, took it out of about a six-foot window range high. And uh, yeah. I think headed back towards goal, maybe with the the assumption that uh, the goalkeeper's not coming back. I don't know who headed it or anything else, but Eric came flying across the goal and pulled it out again. Yeah. Um, it's the type of goalkeeper is. It doesn't matter what environment he'll go in and play. And uh, you know that didn't change him. It didn't change him at Wake Forest, which is a fantastic program, and it didn't change him at Marquette. So um, you know, I I think without a doubt. Uh, I, I believe that's the one because it, ma- it made a lot of his clips. Yeah, <laughs> um, he did a fantastic job with it. Yeah, and rightfully so. It was a really wonderful, wonderful save, two saves. Um, yeah. Okay, last question for you. Uh, when you talk about the college game, you know, I think there's a lot of pros and um, positives to it. Um, but what's something that uh, maybe not necessarily a negative, but it can be, but something that uh, goalkeepers specifically need to make sure that they stay away from. Or they avoid, or, or don't fall into you know a negative trap. Yeah, in the college game or overall. And the and well, specifically those ages. So it can be outside the college game, but something when they're developing, but they're in a more advanced state. You know, kind of eighteen to twenty-two area. Um, okay. But yeah, I I, I kind of go developing, emerging, and established. Developing is uh, your 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 much younger goalkeepers that are that are you know kind of. Um, discovering and developing their 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 love for the position. Uh, emerging 
is guys that are just outside of, let's say, playoff age in um, in the academy. You know, as far as if we're looking at that that level of competitive uh, goalkeeper or player, and then established results matter. So, um, guys that are playing in your in your uh, in your academy playoff age, and then those that are obviously college and beyond, those guys are established. They know the results are going to keep or, or or lose their job right. based on results. So, um, you know, things to stay away from are. Uh, Without a doubt, um, body shape is big. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a big guy, and I, I was a big guy when I played. Not tall, but I was a big guy when I when I played as well, if, relatively speaking. And, um, you know, I think if, if I would have dropped 10, 15, 20 at that time, I, I probably would have played better. So for that, for that goalkeeper that understands they need to have a quick exit, be able to fly, recover from the floor, you know these type of things extend range and take the uh, the aerial battle. Those guys that, that can do that are obviously going to last uh, going to last longer. I think the goalkeeper that that pays attention to um, strong side and weak side distribution with their boot is going to um, open up more of a door for themselves, and it's a, an area that Eric Dick is working on constantly. Um, so you know when you talk about specifically the college game, it. It's disappointing. I'm a big believer in what Sasha Sorovsky is trying to do, Rob Kehoe is trying to do, and that's um, split the season into into a fall and spring semester season. Right. Uh, so, you know, it leads to some traps in the spring, it, you know, especially for guys that are in Division Three, some that are in Division Two, less in Division One. But you can get into a window of time where you can get away from the game in the college game and without games and such where – you know, you could take the game a little less serious uh, for some, you know, not, not all program. Sure. So that's a, a period of time, a long enough period of time where I think uh, you could fall into some traps. And, and you know, the college age, whether that's be, you know, enjoying a drink here or there or uh, not eating well or not lifting and, and, and uh, getting fit, staying fit, maintaining fit, and, you know, uh, and then obviously you're, you don't have games except for your five spring dates. So you know those are those are challenges that are faced by a by a college uh, aged goalkeeper from from the younger. If you're looking at you know even established ones at 17, 18, those guys have a season if they're in the academy that's longer than the MLS season. <laughs> so you know that those guys have to maintain a love for the game, and you know those guys I try not to drive them into the ground. I try to maintain their season. Um, I think that's important uh, to do that where you just you manage them uh, you, you're building them when they're younger but then you manage them in that in that time and because uh, you know in the, in the upper Midwest you run through a, a period of time in the December January February where you're not playing games you know you're and you're training and it's hard but you know you're training all the time still so you get into March April May June you're playing a ton of games again and then you got playoffs and showcases and, and things like this. So, uh, and if you're at a high end academy, you're going meaning you know an MLS academy that's that's taking kids overseas all the time everywhere. You know, you're even adding more layers to your to your to your play. So, for a, for a kid at that age, I think maintaining their body health wise and maintaining their love for the game. In, you know, different ways uh, for for you know college 
guy maintaining your your body shape and your fitness and everything else. And the in the younger guys, seventeen, eighteen, maintaining a love for the game, but also managing their body so they're not. They're, it's like an NFL running back or a college running back. You can take only so many hits. Mm. I think you throw your body to the ground only so many times <laughs> before your your shoulders start going and your hips start going, and you know these things start start really falling apart and um you know you want to manage that as best as possible yeah uh i i definitely would say about the uh the, the kind of that rhythm there and that's funny i had to have even thought about with the academy kids about how many more games and how long their season is um but i do feel like that's something we see a lot in the college game of just trying to find you know they have a strong fall and in the spring you know you're, you'd see dip off maybe the summer you don't do anything um, but I do think with, and no, you weren't saying this, but the, the goalkeepers that want to make that next level, you know, they're finding time in the spring to really take advantage of what they need to. Um, the summer they're doing PDL and PSL stuff and that way back in the fall, you know, if you, if you end up playing as many games as you can in a many environments, like you're not limited to the 15 games in the fall, you can pick up another five in the spring, another 10 to 15 in the summer. If you're on top of it, you know, it's just kind of depends for those goalkeepers that want to make the next level you know they end up doing it uh, more times than not for sure but uh, yeah, you know the, the college game takes a hit from people and I think in some ways you know it's, it's been brought on ourselves and, and what have you as far as college uh, college coaches and what have you is depending on how you approach springs and things like that but at the end of the day there's a ton of value to be had out of uh, uh, the college game. And if there wasn't, then you wouldn't find guys like Cam Lindley um, being taken after their sophomore year uh, and as high as, you know, people want to make a move for him. And, you know, Chris Mueller playing four and going sticks off the board uh, in the in the draft. You know, guys guys like this, you know, Segber's going ninth. Uh, Madison had a heck of a year, you know, this year. Uh, in in the draft and those players going through Catalano Barlow, you don't find um, you know if that were the case, you, you'd go elsewhere to get these players, or um, you know, and, and time will tell how they do. But those players have done well in the college game. There's many others I could you could list Picaro, many others. But at the end of the day, they have developed in the college game. They've done well. It hasn't been a massive entrance. It's just different. And in some academies across uh, across the world, you may not see a match for a long time if you're not good enough. And, okay, so you're not good enough. But I'm, I'm not going to rip on the American player uh, or the American system as much as so many others want to, um, thinking that everywhere else in the world is right. You know, we didn't qualify. So that's that's a drag. <laughs> I don't like I don't like it just like anybody else. But it doesn't mean that we're awful now. And you know there are players that are coming out of the college game and are doing well. And there are players that aren't coming out of college. They're, they're being home homegrown and signed at 17, 18 years old. And I hope they'll do well. Everybody's got their path. We just we're fortunate that we have an academic and a um, uh, an athletic. Uh, mix that we can provide a kid at 18 to 22 years old and if a, if a, an MLS team wants to change that then fully invest in a USL team and put together a, uh, 
academy with the school and and lodge these kids, and now you can build your own players and have no have no excuses, if you will. Um, so th- there's enough money in Major League Soccer to do that. That's the that's the challenge. It's no secret. Yeah, and I, I definitely think over the next you know ten plus years, we'll start seeing a little bit more focus on that. I think a lot of people wish it was already now, um, which I understand. But um, but I, you know we talk about you know so Tyler Miller, whenever he came out of school, I, I want to say it was Germany, but he went overseas, and I remember his team lost either every single game that he played for over there, or it was like all but one or two. You know he goes over there and like you know it, it he gets put in with an awful club and. They don't do anything, and then he immediately comes back. So, you know, Europe is no magic pill either. And I, want, I think people want to say, like, oh, you know, we get it, get them to Europe. Like, well, there are a lot of good, you know, academies, clubs over there. But, you know, it's not like this, that, that all of them are so far superior than what we have here. Um, you know, everyone has to find that right path for themselves and make sure they're in the right environment, you know. So. Exactly. Exactly. I have a cough. Sorry, you know, exactly. <laughs> Zach went over there and uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, came back yeah. and um, what should we call it? Went over. Uh, uh, Landon went over. Yeah, and came back. Um, and you know, people just uh, want to go, want to go after uh, the fact that they couldn't make it over there or whatever. You know, I I give the guys credit that come back here and help our game and our league to be successful. Um, it bothers me when I see, you know, the English Premier League. All due respect, I think it's a fantastic league. It's better than Major League Soccer. <laughs> but when you have access to it on a, on a, on a you know, at least soccer primetime basis on Saturday and Sunday mornings uh, at, you know, 8, eight 10, whatever o'clock uh, in, in the morning here, uh, and you can't you get an MLS game, and you sometimes struggle to find a qualifier if you can find it on BN or somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, it, 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 it bothers me that there's not more. And I know it's coming, becoming more and more and more. You can't find the access to uh, you know Chicago against Houston somewhere right. or uh, the Revolution against uh, the Rapids somewhere um, you know, in a similar window of time in this country because it, it, there's only one way that Major League Soccer is going. And I think that's up, uh, without a doubt. And and you know the interest level is high. The money is becoming greater. And I and you know we don't have to apologize for for our league, and you know rip on our league and, and compliment the other leagues across the world. I prefer to pay that attention for myself. It's just me to Major League Soccer instead of La Liga or the Bundesliga or the EPL. And I like Mexico. I like what Mexico's doing. I think there's going to be something going on here between League MX and MLS really soon, um, sooner rather than later. And I, I'm excited for that when it does happen. Yeah, that'll be really from a kind of little cross-border cup there. Uh, yeah. You know. Enrique yeah. is, a, is a great guy, the head of League MX. And uh, he's a bright guy, smart guy, and I think something's going to happen soon. Yeah. When you cross, did you? I mean, I, I know you've gone down there. How'd y'all cross over? What's that? How I, how, how have y'all crossed over? Or I, yeah, we we went down with the fire when I was with the fire with Larry and Dorn. That's right. Um, 
we went down with the Liga MX MLS uh, first year. It was Liga MX and MLS. Uh, and uh, we ended up playing the final against Pachuca and lost in penalties um, to Pachuca at Azteca in a full-fledged match. Uh, and they, they put it on you know, at an, an unbelievable level. I mean, they brought out the the award ceremony and the ramps and yeah. uh, and it was unreal in in Azteca. And uh, so here we are playing Pachuca. We lost in penalties. It was a one one game, um, and it was great, you know. And so that's when we got to meet uh, uh, Enrique and mm. others with BMX and uh, great great people. And then we went back again. We didn't fare so well. Uh, the second time around, but that second time around, it was MLS, Liga MX, and Bundesliga. So these were at the 15, 16 age range, and uh, some fantastic teams, and some very good players, and yes, you know, many of those other countries have players at those ages that look like men. You know, they're they're perhaps bigger, stronger, and everything else than our players, Um, but you know, in one of those years, we went down and did well uh, as the MLS representative. And, and uh, you know, to, to get a draw at Azteca, there's not many teams that can say that. Hmm. But I'm not going to apologize for that group doing what they did and say, oh, well, you know, it was just one off, this, that, or the other thing. And for me, I'm going to look at it and say, you know, that group did well. There were three other MLS teams down there at a minimum, I believe. Um, three others that could have gotten to the championship. There's... You know, we could have gone there and lost. We didn't. We went there. We got a draw. We lost the penalties. They got the championship, but you could did. Fantastic. Good for them. But our guys did well. And, you know, I, I just, uh, I'd rather us continue to get stronger, 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 keep our talent home, than get average or weaker and send our talent overseas all the time. And then think, okay, well, we'll get them back when they're 29, 30, or 32 years old. I, I just yeah. don't, I don't understand that. So, yeah. The environment here is good enough. How would you compare uh, the crowd environment at Azteca to Team Keeper Wars at Camp Shutout? Which one's <laughs> which one's more intense? Is that? <laughs> it's it's it, it's so unbelievable because when you show up, it's it it is it is second to none. I mean, it's it is absolutely you know you can't compare it to anything. Then when I went to Azteca, it was good as well. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. <laughs>